No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah foresees the day of the Lord when he will judge the nations alone. But Isaiah also remembers God's mercy towards his people in saving them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 63 on Simply the Bible. Isaiah now looks forward to that dreadful time that is coming upon the world known as the day of the Lord. We continue in Isaiah chapter 63. Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra, this one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save? Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? Isaiah asks the question, who is this who comes from Edom? As though he is surprised by what he sees. Now Edom was east of Israel and was the land of Esau and his descendants. Edom means red. Basra was one of the main cities of Edom. The name means grape gathering. So red and grape gathering fit the imagery of the wine press, which is significant for red stains appear on the garments of this one whom Isaiah sees as though he has been treading grapes in a wine press. Isaiah sees him traveling with greatness of strength. And then he says, it is I speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red? Isaiah inquires, and your garments like one who treads in the winepress. You see, in those days, the winepress was made from carved out stone. At the bottom was a hole where the juice from the pressed grapes would be captured into vessels. The workers would stomp on the grapes with their bare feet, and the juice would squirt onto their clothing, staining them red. Verse 3, I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me, for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes, for the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I wondered that there was no one to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me, and my own fury, it sustained me. I have trodden down the peoples in my anger, made them drunk in my fury, and brought down their strength to the earth. He is treading the winepress alone, for there is no one else to help him. He treads it in his anger, trampling the people in his fury. This is none other than the winepress of the Lord's wrath against his enemies. It is the day of his vengeance. This is spoken of throughout Scripture and is also pictured as the harvest of the earth. Joel 3.13 said, Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Revelation 14.19 says, so the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. 
When Jesus Christ returns in Revelation 19, riding a white horse, we are told, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. There can be no doubt that Isaiah is seeing Christ at his second coming. What looked like grape juice on his garments is actually the blood of the Lord's enemies. It is the day of vengeance of our God spoken of in Isaiah 61. Now you'll recall that when Jesus read this passage in the synagogue in Nazareth, he stopped before reading the words, the day of vengeance of our God, because he did not come the first time to bring vengeance, but to bring salvation. However, when he comes again, it will be to execute God's wrath against a wicked and Christ-rejecting world. Then he will bring God's vengeance. Now the Lord marvels that there is no one to help him. Therefore, he must tread this fearsome winepress alone. Now the day of vengeance is also a day of bringing salvation to the redeemed. Christ has come to save his people who have been oppressed and terrorized by the Antichrist and by the nations of the world who have come against her. So this day of vengeance is God's righteous judgment against these terrible enemies. He is bringing justice to those who look to him and trust in him. The Lord makes his enemies stagger with the wine of his indignation and he brings down their strength to the earth. If you think about it, Man is so proud in his rebellion that he would never accept the rule of Christ. The only way for Jesus to establish his kingdom reign will be to bring down the systems and structures of this world. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be defeated and cast into the lake of fire. Then Satan will be bound and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then Jesus will be able to sit on the throne of David and govern in righteousness and peace, and he will rule with a rod of iron. Verse 7, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not lie. So he became their savior. Now, Isaiah begins here a beautiful prayer where he calls for the loving kindnesses of the Lord. In the midst of this terrible judgment, Isaiah cries out for mercy. You know, it's always a good idea to study the prayers of the Bible, especially those that get answered. This is the first and only time that Isaiah uses the word loving kindnesses in his book. It speaks of God's loyal love and unfailing devotion. I can't think of anything more important for us to grasp than a deep understanding of God's loving kindness toward his people. While we were once separated from God by our sins, God has brought us close to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ. And now we are fully accepted in him. And God is free to pour out his loving kindness upon us. 
Paul prayed for the Ephesians that they would comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge so that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. That is what we need today in the midst of such troubling times. Now, Isaiah recalls all the great goodness God had poured out on the house of Israel according to his mercies. In times of hardship and judgment, we need to remember that God is merciful and his love toward his chosen ones endures forever. It will give us the ability to endure such times. Isaiah knows that God has a covenant love for his people because they are children who will not lie. It seems that one of the things that God requires is a love of the truth. It's the devil who is the father of lies, and lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight, according to Proverbs 12, 22. Verse 9, in all their afflictions, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bore them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned himself against them as an enemy, and he fought against them. It is common when we are suffering for us to think that we are suffering alone. But when we are afflicted, God truly suffers with us. He is compassionate. Peter wrote to the church saying, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I can't tell you how many times I have quoted this with people with whom I am praying as they have brought to me their prayer requests, their burdens, and just to know that God cares for them and we can lay these things on him knowing that he's not far removed from us, but that he suffers with us through our afflictions. Now, Isaiah points out that the angel of his presence saved them. This is the angel of the Lord, who is Jesus Christ, from the time of their deliverance from Egypt, and throughout all their wilderness wanderings, he saved them. Despite their rebellions, he dealt with them in love and pity. Again, This is the only time Isaiah uses this Hebrew word for love in his book. God, even in his judgments, remembered mercy and redeemed them from their sins. He was patient with them. He bore them up on eagles' wings and carried them to the promised land. But they rebelled against his commandments and grieved his Holy Spirit. Last night, we had a discussion at our men's Bible study where we are told in Ephesians not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we said that it is this sense of grieving the Holy Spirit when we sin that is the greatest deterrent to us sinning. How can we grieve the one who loves us the most? Verse 11, Then he remembered the days of old. Moses and his people saying, Where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within them? Who led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make for himself an everlasting name? Who led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness that they might not stumble? Now, it's interesting through these questions, Isaiah is bringing to the remembrance of the Lord all the things that he did for his people 
in the days of old, how he used Moses to deliver them from Egypt, how he brought them through the Red Sea, how the Holy Spirit was with them through the wilderness, and he led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness so that they would not stumble. It's important to remember God's faithfulness in the past to show that he is loyal and faithful to his covenant people. As a beast goes down into the valley and the spirit of the Lord causes him to rest, so you lead your people to make yourself a glorious name. Again, Isaiah just reminding the Lord, look, as you give rest to the beast in the valley, so you brought your people into the promised land and gave them rest for your glorious name. As Isaiah sees this day of vengeance of the Lord, it's as though his heart goes out for his people that they would be spared. And as we see the day of the Lord approaching, our hearts should go out to those who do not know the Lord. It will be a terrible time for the inhabitants of this world who do not know Jesus Christ. And I would venture to say that we all have loved ones that we don't know they are ready to go with the Lord if he should come today. So may God help us to have the same heart as the Apostle Paul who said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. May God give us courage to talk to them. And may we also pray for them that they might receive Jesus while there is still time. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah prays for God's mercy and help for Jerusalem. The Lord acts for those who wait for Him. We are the clay and He is our potter. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.